podcast where we talk to people from the world of audio about their ideas, opinions and methods. In today's Signal Path podcast, I speak to Welsh electronic singer-songwriter Rachel K. Collier at Montreux Jazz Festival. I first discovered Rachel at Ableton's 2017 Loop event in Berlin, where on stage she ran through how she produces her songs and transforms them into a live show. Since then, she's gained significant recognition, toured the UK, performed at BBC Introducing at South by Southwest, as well as being featured on Radio 1. In this episode, we talk about everything from refining her live show, looping with Ableton, and her up coming new music. My interview with Rachel K. Collier is coming up next. We are at Montreux Jazz Festival. Yes. This is the first time I've been here. It's the first time you've been? Yeah, so the fir- it's the first time I've ever been to Montreux and the Jazz Festival and it's an absolutely stunning place. The view from my hotel window is impeccable Mm -hmm. good (laughs) I'm glad um so we met for the first time at Luke yes and you came over to the stand and uh yeah like I just felt like we hit it off in just in terms of I don't know like there's a mutual sure bond yeah a sure bond talking sure I think so because I was I just came over and sort of was telling you guys that I was using the 535s and Mm -hmm. the SM7B and then like, um, did I say, do you want to um, want to show you one of my videos or something? I think so. I think, I think you we guys were saying I wanted to just start, sort of say hello to for a while. Um, and then that same evening, so I think that was the Sunday, you were on a panel with Andrew um, and with Adam Neely too. Yeah, on uh, the screen as your stage panel, that was it. Yeah, and I went to that obviously and I was blown away and I think I've told you since, but your sort of technical knowledge of how you did your rundown and then you got a round of applause from like oh yeah that was it was like a thousand people or something in that hall it was quite crazy because I they basically asked me you know um do you have to sort of make it more technical for your viewers Mm -hmm. and that was quite a good question because I was like well I don't really I just do whatever I do for fun and then I sort of did a little rundown of like um, a section in one of the tracks and obviously went quite into the tech with the Ableton and the toggle mode and soloing the groups and MIDI mapping and then I think maybe because I just said it quite fast didn't I and then I stopped and there was a pause and then everyone clapped and I was a bit like what just happened <laughs> so but it was a jaw-dropping moment and I kind of want to I don't know I know we can't replicate that there aren't a thousand people here but can you do the same rundown yes yeah, in so... terms of how you work so, obviously, when I set up a uh, like a, a live project, um, I like to I'll go in like a little bit more depth and then get to that section. Um, you know, I like to take people on a journey with 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 the music. Um, you know, with Ableton and with playback and sort of things like that. If you wanted to, you could just trigger a scene and just trigger everything at once, and that's it, easy peasy. You could also put things on scenes so that you can just change the scenes and have whatever clips coming in. But I like to do a combination of sort of um, clips that I can bring in one by one, sort of one one sound, and then looping. So whatever I can loop like live, I like to try and do that. So um, in the Paper Tiger song, for example, I start with the click in my ear, so nobody out front of house can't hear that. And then I'll loop like, um, a, like a two bar loop of keys. Then I'll start with like 
I've got like a couple of vocal channels that are armed so I can loop some vocals. I've got some like reverb MIDI map to a fader so then I can like bring up the verb on that group of vocals. And then I can start bringing in some other sounds that are pre-made, sounds that I could never really do on the fly because mm -hmm. they're quite processed and they're usually vocal sounds that I've like made and processed heavily and then bounced out and then put into new clips. Mm -hmm. So then I'll just bring them in gradually, maybe um, keep building up vocal loops with the tiger tiger so I'll loop that and then you can actually um, just cut this the audio clip up live so that's cool so you can be like tiger 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 so you can like do all that as well so you can get so creative with your introductions that's why I think it's stupid just to like press a scene and be like woo and like everything's playing so that's how it will start and then as the song goes on I'll just move through different sections and then sort of like so build up that introduction then maybe bring in a swell bit of chaos patch and then drop into like some bass on a mini brute and then um so you set the the the, the songs up mainly to have as much fun as possible so and then so once you get going in your song my verses will be like a drum loop and then i'll play bass and some keys and then like bring in a hi-hat and then obviously the full drop then there'll be a few more pre-made clips in that scene then because things again i could never do live um and then the looping breakdown section is what we chatted about at loop because i wanted to obviously i've had all the song i've had like verses chorus and then i wanted to do this cool breakdown section yeah you know where you just have a bit of fun so i trigger this scene it's basically a scene with one tiny drum loop which is like it's like really simple and then i've just got all these empty clip slots which are already um armed ready for me to loop so it's a question of one two three tap dun 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 tap dun dun so you get your first loop so then and then i really have like um free uh wings then to just do as much looping as i want how many channels i've got armed so i maybe have got six channels armed so i'll um I'll loop the bass, I'll like change my synth sound, loop some loop some synth, um, and then loop uh, like first vocal, second vocal, and then duplicate one of those vocals and then cut that up so it's like when it goes, I see a paper tiger, paper tiger, you know, you can cut it all up. So then it's like, sort of probably pe people might think it's DJing, but it's not, it's just cutting up audio live, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so I'll then have about six tracks, of, six tracks of loops. And then what I've done, what I did then, I, um, the vocals only, I uh, mapped the solo button to a pad on my Akai LBD8. So we've got all these uh, tracks going, solo just the vocals, and then quickly turn off all the other loops because they're all in toggle mode so that they can just be turned on and off. And then unsolo, vocals come back in on their own like a cappella, bring in any previous loops that I've made earlier on in the song, bring back in the swell, more chaos, and drop to your full scene again. So that's kind of how it works. I think that's what I said at loop, but maybe a bit faster, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm I'm just uh, completely blown away. Oh, I, I you seem like you're getting it. I'm like, yeah, she's getting it. You, you you're getting it. I'm, I'm I'm getting yeah. it. I, I don't use Ableton. I've yeah. like mucked around in it, and I I get what you're doing. Yeah. I just love the thought process behind it because I feel like I don't know, like from my background in terms of writing a song on guitar, singing and playing on guitar. That's all you have to do. <laughs> And like, oh God. yeah, you have to learn how to play guitar. But like, once you do it, it's all there. This is so hands-on and so 
like I just have like anxiety thinking it thinking through about of it. how do you have it is, problems? It like, is funny. It's like so obviously through a live set. Mm-hmm. This is quite an extreme example. I maybe. I vary it. So between songs, some songs are a bit more simple. It'll just be like a drum loop. I'll just play keys and piano and I won't do any sort of live looping, if you know what I mean. Um, I try to vary the whole set so there's like different shape within it. But if it was like one sort of video and one track, so I'm just about to start prepping one now, my head's already like trying to think, what can I do, which will be interesting and like just fun, you know, because the crazier it is, the more fun it is for me. Do you know what I mean? So if I can... So I've just been experimenting with this loop, Ableton Looper, which I haven't actually used before. And a lot of people are like, oh, are you using Looper? It's just... Um, it's like um, an audio effect in Ableton. So just like you load on like a reverb or delay, you can load in this thing called Looper. And as long as you arm your channel, you can set how many bars you want it to loop. And it's sort of like a looping pedal, but it's, it's kind of wacky because you can preset like for it to be on reverse so I could be like do 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 and then it'll come back like it will reverse it instantly so like I'm gonna try and experiment with some of this type of stuff but but yeah stuff going wrong I mean of course like especially doing it live like we've had a lot of hurdles of like learning you know for the sound engineer like feedback all these type of things especially when you have all these channels armed and like so it's really been a case since I started doing it uh, for YouTube, well, and well, it, it was initially just to like do a performance, but the show is just constantly being refined, and I think we've got it to a really nice place now where we root out the vocal loops, vocal effects, and a dry vocal all out of separate channels. So the sound engineer then does have some control. Mm-hmm. Um, though we set it up in well, I set it up in Ableton, so it's when I'm just rehearsing it it's like the, the levels are right and I can save it and then go out. So it's just the sound engineer's just got that bit of extra control, but essentially it's kind of like pre-mixed well. Yeah. But if you, it depends on the sound engineer you talk to. Yeah. Some lazy ones are like, oh, that was easy, you know, um, didn't have to do anything. Whereas like this guy on Friday night, he was this um, Greek guy, he was like well into it. He's like proper like nerdy sound guy, but he was, he was cool I was chatting to him after and he said he was riding the effects and riding the dry vocal and you know when I was a bit out of breath he would ride up the track a bit more and I was like wow like it was I never really heard somebody explain it in that much depth you know all right you want to get um, his contact details and be like yeah I'll hit you up for a future gig he he was he was funny he was like I don't know if you'll hear this interview actually so maybe I'll stop talking there (laughs) um yeah but he was quite an inspiring guy actually because he was telling me because um, another thing, Mary, we have, obviously there's a lot of gear. Mm-hmm. So like when I first started touring, whatever, you think, oh yeah, you just set your gear up on the stage, do, 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 whatever. No, my God, it's like literally brutal. It's like, get on stage, 10 minutes, play. No line check, no sound check. And obviously it's just like, oh my God. And then the, I think it's fine to do that if then I was gonna walk off and watch somebody else play. Yeah. But to run on, go crazy, sweat, plugging in midi cables, bending down my little crop tops on, you know, and it's like, you know, everybody then, and then I gotta just start playing. It's like, so we've really had to like refine it and try to make it as streamlined and simple as we can. Mm -hmm. So like I was saying yesterday, we've got like heavy duty Velcro. Mm -hmm. So we Velcro all the controllers, so like stands, We've like streamlined the, the the sound system, like the the sound card and everything, so much now that we 
have our own DI boxes. I can't be bothered to mess around with anyone else's DIs. So I have a little, it's called my handbag. It's a little pink flight case. It's about this big. I'm not very good at measurements. I'd say 50 centimeters, is it? Or something like that. And about 30 centimeters wide. And you just pick it up and in there it's got my interface, my sound card, my, my Shaw PSM for my in-ear monitors and my uh, my DIs, so my four DIs. So we just turn up and we, I've got my own XLR loom. So we just literally hand them the lines and then just go like plug it in. And I got test tones. So like as soon as I've set the laptop up, I can still be like trying to get the stands in the right place and I can trigger the test tones so they can start to get sound straight away. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's but, um, but the sound engineer do, this is the thing he was saying to me, which I thought about he was like tell me about like risers i'd never heard of them so you can put obviously set everything up backstage wheel it on and then they've got a stage box on it so i'm already plugged in and they just take the stage box and i was like okay yeah that's the goal yeah that's the goal <laughs> get then you need one the of them van. yeah that you need be, the driver yeah and i need the van then i need the driver oh god yeah it goes, the list goes on doesn't I it and i think the one thing as well isn't it i think that you just never realise this until you obviously start playing. It's just you constantly, every set you can be doing, have to bloody buy something that will like help to improve or yeah. streamline things, you yeah. know? All the other stuff and all the anxiety and then being on stage and not being able to hear yourself. Oh, like, God, yeah. only for this tour, it was the first tour I used in-ear monitors. Oh, yeah. And my drummer, thank God, Rob Grist, shout him out. He took control of absolutely everything. Like he was like, I'll do our on stage mixes. So and so he had he had his little handbag. Yeah. He had everything set up with the PSM oh, for wow. me. He was wow. wired in That's because obviously cool. he's stationary. Yeah. And then he was like adjusting it whilst like so if if we really couldn't hear or if I was like yeah, and he was just there, being like, "Yeah, no, I get it," and it was just so comfortable. And by the end of the tour, we got it down to a you know super streamlined and That's stuff. So good. And it was like the, it was just being able to hear yourself as a singer. Oh man, it like, makes such a difference. Electric guitar tones being you know rather than hearing it from the amp behind you and them not putting enough through the monitors. Yeah, and just you just don't have to have the conversations that you yeah. used to have to have, and it saves so much time your thought process because you just want to perform just right play. you I just want to do I, yeah. your best show i couldn't play now without any ears oh my god no way no, Especially i'm spoiled too yeah like because you've got to loop in time so like if yeah. i you know and I, I can't imagine doing a show without the i because i i remember before tour i was like i didn't have a clue either i think it's actually pretty hard for people to like find how good monitoring so i didn't have a clue yeah. i was trying to google it like what headphones I haven't got the slightest idea of what headphones to get. We had this conversation back in January when we had a, a coffee and I was there being like, so how, how do you produce? And you just went, yeah, yeah, no, I produce it. And you ran through. And then I was like, and do you mix yourself? And you were like, well, yeah, I do a guide mix, but sometimes, you know, yeah. it's nice to have another pair of ears on it. So I get someone else to mix it too. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so I can produce myself, yeah. get it mixed by a mixing artist in a proper studio, yeah. but have complete control yeah. and send a demo mix. So I'm like, I want this to sound like this, but make it sound like better. Yeah, you know, better quality. And then it's all your sounds and all your creation. Yeah. I, when I chat to you know other girls as well who are like sort of, you, you know, I can tell straight away when they 
don't know it, but they need to produce their own music because, yeah. but they think I can't. And you're like, no, no. If you can play an instrument yeah. and if you write, yeah. you can produce. Yeah. Be- trust your ears. Because at the end of the day, producing is putting together your instrument, your vocal, and other sounds you might want in, in your music. So why can't, do you know what I mean? So you don't need to be this sort of tech nerd or anything like to get going. And um, I feel quite passionate about it because it's just like, obviously, you know, especially with all the, you know, men in the industry and kind of like so many of the guy producers that, you know, and there's so many of these initiatives now that's trying to like, like raise awareness of like not raise awareness yeah. but you know like just not novelty get, by yeah Red Bull and yeah, stuff. yeah like yeah. not you know um i just think like i just wish it was sort of more ingrained as teenagers or whatever and hopefully it will be now because of the way things are going but it's like don't be frightened it's it's not it's not that much of a big deal really it's no. just you and your whatever you've written your instrument your vocals go put that down first there's your starting point and then build from there isn't yeah, it yeah and you'll learn and you'll make the mistakes exactly. and then you've made the mistakes yourself so you never you know not to make them again whereas yeah. someone else is making them you'll and never you, learn i want to sit down with my um push and show you like because you'll be like you'll be buzzing and you'll probably be like i might um <laughs> play a bit of guitar and push yeah. <laughs> thing is you don't need push as well like I've tried to explain this because in a lot of like uh, talks I did the radio on academy and um, things where I'm sort of and workshops you know at BIM or whatever and people always sort of assume you need like really expensive gear like I did a their little uh, shoot on Sunday with just the Korg nano key mm-hmm. you know like the ding 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 so I could just map the same empty slots of push to the nano key honestly you could have the most basic midi controller to be able to perform with with ableton um and then obviously you do need a sound card as well and depending on how like techy you want to go like i'd say having a click in your ear with my set it has never really been that essential until i decided i wanted to start doing stuff like acapella and then i did need the click um whereas before i used sounds that would keep me in time Right. So you don't necessarily yeah. do have to have stuff rooted out of have more outs of your sound card and stuff like that. Yeah. But so there's just so much. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I like like to complicate it. But some people who see my live setup who are quite nerdy are like, oh, it's really, really simple. <laughs> honestly, I get that quite yeah. a lot. Oh, it's really, really simple. And yeah. Like, yeah, it's pretty simple. But are th- but they could be just saying that, right? Like, I, I generally feel like some I think they're just like. Because obviously you can go quite like I've seen like a live set um, where like the guy's got like he sings through it and he has his auto tunes on each channel and then he uses like dummy clips where which is like the MIDI driver of the computer the IAC driver where you can then get you hit a tri- uh, a clip and it will change the key of the tune you're singing in and you know then you go in like more down a specific kind of route then like and i have seen a co- more complicated setups than mine mm-hmm. um but it's not you just standing up and playing guitar or like <laughs> yeah. or playing piano or something yeah, well, it's I not do, that. that's the thing that's uh i still like doing that but this is why now i've started to do i've always wanted to do sort of play the piano but then incorporate like the live looping thing it's something i always wanted to do so I did my first so far sounds the other day. Mm-hmm. So that was like no pre-made clips. So when I opened Ableton and my agent came and he's like, cause I sort of had the same amount of synths and stuff. And he was like, 
I thought this was a strip back setup. I was like, yeah, no, it is. I was like, wait till I play and then you'll see. So I still got like um, a couple of sends with reverb and delay mapped to my Akai LPT8. Um, still got push, but obviously in front of me now is just a load of arm channels. And on the scenes, I've set the different tempos for the different songs. So like when I trigger sort of this scene, like third scene down, even though there's no clips there, I get a different uh, tempo in my ear mm -hmm. to start looping. Somebody actually said on my show on Friday that I was like an octopus because I was like <laughs> playing all these things at once. But, yeah. you know, if I can control that many sounds, then of course you can have like a huge, big, fat sound, isn't it? Yeah. So, well, but so like disclosure and like how they play live and, you know, it's always interesting though, isn't it, with electronic live performances because I think you do have to be careful. And I do wish I had like the facilities to be able to like camera around me because mm -hmm. you don't know how much I'm playing or not sometimes. Yeah. And I think, but then like if you watch like Massive Attack last night, I mean, you can't bloody see anyway, can you, when you stand <laughs> at the back? So it's sort of like, yeah. I don't know really that that all this kind of conceptual stuff I'm still sort of getting my head around mm -hmm. um, but I know sometimes when I watch certain things like electronic bands yeah. and there's like a laptop there and they just stand there and they're just behind the keys yeah. or at the laptop and you're like yeah. who's doing what yeah. I think because I sing and that helps a lot yeah. as in like people know it's sort of like it's live um, but you perform like I feel like you're not just there at a laptop exactly, going yeah. like just sort yeah. of typing and that's why <laughs> writing notes yeah. to-do lists sending and shopping emails lists or I've had that as well so like from the YouTube comments you know oh she could be sending emails whatever <laughs> that's one of the you know one of the hater uh, things but that I've learned that as well you know you have to be able to perform and yeah. that's why I got the second microphone as well mm -hmm. so my live set if I'm doing like um like a in, if it was me and you now and I set up I would just have my one microphone and in the room and intimate kind of thing but if it's like a big crowd and I've got my second mic which is split with a little um, splitter mm -hmm. so um, it joins the microphone signal together so it's, it's an identical mic comes and you split the signal so the sound car gets a dry and the sound car gets the other half to do all the looping so that's quite cool I've got got that after South by Southwest because um, we spoke to an engineer there an amazing guy called Andy Rogers and he was just like you want to make sure you give a dry signal to the sound engineer and then if anything goes anything goes wrong at all like anything with a computer at least then I can be doing some acapella vocal and drums with the percussionist you know mm -hmm. but it was more as well to get the separation for the mix for the broadcasts because mm -hmm. otherwise they were just getting like vocal and vocal effects on the same channel it's just a bit of a mess so um but the second microphone thing yeah it was really like i have to engage with the audience because they can't necessarily see all that I'm doing up there and so yeah it's, it's a lot of conceptual stuff isn't it and you probably know this as well right from like arranging your tour like how you have to think about what um you know what how it will look from other from another you know not not in a way that like I've got to change it for the audience but in a way that like to make your show good yeah and it's I, a, and a I, show it's an art piece exactly it's a piece of art isn't it and so not in the way that it's like oh I'm gonna do this because I know the crowd will love that record or blah 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 it's more like gotta make a good show isn't it you know you want people to come back 
track. So yeah. that type of stuff, I'm always constantly like, right. So like for my album, so I've got a couple more shows now this summer, like Stand and Calling and Festival in Dalston. And I've got a couple of things over the summer, some festivals. Um, but I am actually quite excited to like, uh, like rework my live set a little bit because I'm going to maybe get the two percussionists cool. so the two gals either side and then like I'll go in the middle obviously I need bigger stage though so I don't know how it's going to some stages might, we might not fit <laughs> but um, but then you know I want to try and um, play around a bit more with like some of the tech like because sometimes I'll go from track to track and like a lot of my sends will all the reverbs will be up and I'll have to quickly like change and get them all back down to zero or whatever so I want to try with the dummy clips now and like when you trigger a scene then it will bring all your sends back to zero as well so all this like really extra nerdy stuff basically just try and enhance it a little bit even more are you going to shows like uh, we slightly dropped ma Massive Attack last night um, but are you going to shows to see what other people are doing visually because it's it's inspiring yeah when you see those kinds of budgets you know like that's the dream of like course. you wouldn't necessarily do it yeah. that way but like oh my god you can have all that text and it's all timed and this was that was incredible like and it was so politically charged yeah. and it just gave this whole new element to all this music that you're so familiar with but just like it was this whole thing and then you could really barely see the players like yeah. they were they were there but they were in I was surprised, silhouettes you know, I, in more ways yeah, I wonder whether that was actually intentional because they had those two screens left and right yeah but and, they weren't on and you would have thought actually that yeah. there could have been a camera on them going to see shows for me um I think I I just go to watch yeah I think probably there is a bit of like oh I want to see what they do yeah and yeah, it's just really inspiring because it's just like, I mean, I know it's like cliche, isn't it? But you just, you've got to sort of keep dreaming. Otherwise, you know, what's the point, you know? You know, it seems a million years away of the like when I could play a stage like that, but it is super inspiring. And I get a lot of people who are like, why do you bother with all this gear? Like, what's the point? Like, and because, you know, it is, it's seven, we can't, we've got seven cases, right? We've got two synths in the pink cases. We've got the handbag, that's another flight case. We've got a black rucksack, which is, I've got the laptop and like all the cables. We've got push and we've got a stand bag and we've got a red suitcase, which needs to be pink. I need to change it. Um, but it's full of MIDI. So there's seven, like, you know, and then with the percussion, we've got two huge toms, the bongos, the timbales, the, the hi-hat now, the, oh my God, all the drum stands, you know, and I, and people are like, why do you bother? Like, what's the point? And it's just like, well, because I'm trying to create something here that's like, you know, that's cool. And, and, and I sort of, I'm a bored of hearing people say it because I'm like, well, I'm not lazy and and actually, I'm so used to carrying it all that I don't even think twice about it. Yeah. You know, and because you know, the DJs rock up with the USBs and they're like, oh, just do it on a USB or whatever. And you're like, God, how boring would that it's be? It's my show. It's my do show. What I want. You know? yeah. So seeing Massive Attack last night, and you're like, they've got like, God knows, that must be like two vans load of gear. They had like a Voyager on stage, like two drum kits, you know? So you're yeah. just like, and then that's inspiring then, because it's like, well, no, my, my equipment's fine, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Actually, I'm quite reasonable. Yeah, I'm quite reasonable. I mean, you yeah. also saw um, Vessels. Do you know those guys? No, I don't. Oh, they're cool. They like, it's like very uh, electronic, no vocals. Is it two drummers again? Pretty cool. They've got some mad synths on there. Loads of synths, basically. But their gear, it was like, woof, it was like the whole stage was just full of gear. And me and my manager was just like, 
oh, it's fine. We, we don't have that much gear. As you said, it's reasonable. So, but yeah, no, it is. Um, yeah, I, I get I get inspired quite easily, which is which is good. I still think I'm like a kid in that way. I get like I'll watch something, I'll be like, oh my god, like really inspired by it, yeah, which is definitely. nice. Like I already feel like super inspired being with everyone here on this trip, yeah. just chatting and. And it's like a really nice vibe as well because everybody here there's like more of a i think there's like a mutual kind of respect and sort of people are just here to help each other yeah i, I definitely whereas in, there's no competition yeah well i i really feel that there's no competition oh i'm totally any, anywhere any day like if someone is competitive with someone else it's because they're either insecure about their own thing yeah or they're just unhappy in their own thing it's, it's nothing to do with the other person yeah it's weird isn't and it? so when you get a bunch of musicians like this together who are all in different realms and doing different things and if you even like if you dared to collaborate with someone it would only grow both of you whether creatively or whether you know or, audience yeah. doesn't matter but it would just be enhancing in both ways yeah and, and that's why we did this trip yeah that's, it's really it makes a lot of sense it's really cool and it's like and andrew's saying as well actually the youtube community is always really nice it's unreal yeah yeah and yeah. i was like ah oh, that's like that's really interesting to know as well because i they, you know it's sad and i think it does take time like it's definitely taken me a while to be like confident in my own skin and so not not like as in you know as in my music yes so like um sort of i i still know a lot of people that get like really jealous and upset when other people do well and i remember when i like a few years back when i was doing more top line stuff and you sort of watch other featured artists and i'd be a bit like oh you know i'm not doing anything right here and like and it was just such a sad place to be. It was like, God, I've been it's there horrible. Too. I've been there too. And and just realising that their success does not hinder your own. Thank you so much for doing oh, this podcast. Okay. Thanks, Mary. Thank you so much for bringing me here. enjoyed today's podcast we'll be back in a couple of weeks with more in-depth interviews with artists engineers and professionals from all walks of the music industry this is signal path 